Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back, Chooms, to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl, Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. What's up, buddy? Life. Life. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, I basically haven't existed for like two weeks. (laughs) Oh. I heard you were working some graves. Are you working overnights or late nights or something? No. No, it's just been ridiculous. Busy at work because Labor Day. Mm. Podcast weirdness. Yeah. And, I mean, the hype for Phantom Liberty is definitely kicking up. And I'm like, there's so much more info coming out and so much more cool stuff to hit. And so I'm getting really excited about it. But I'm also like, it's so far away, yet it's so close. It's kind of daunting. I don't know. We have, we're supposed to get a whole nother live stream still to talk about cyberware and weapons and shit. I'm just like, uh, uh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I realized it was at the end of that live stream. They were like, yeah, the next one's going to be this. And it's like, yep. Speaking of the live stream, that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight. Because uh, we've got two new things to go over. We had the Cyberpunk live stream where the two of the game developers were on there being interviewed. They showed a lot of gameplay footage. And then we also got a very condensed five-minute in- uh, five interview with Gabriel and... Uh, so we'll be going over that as well. Uh, but I think the first thing that we'll go over tonight is this tweet that the Cyberpunk 2077 um, Twitter put out. And I think it's a great breakdown. They clearly state update 2.0 versus Phantom Liberty. So in the free 2.0 update, uh, players will be receiving the redesigned skill trees and perks, the revamped cyberware and new capacity system, vehicle combat and car chases, combat AI improvement, the new police system, UI and UX improvements, looting items and crafting changes, and new radio stations, including fi- the community radio station Growl FM. And then what are they getting in the paid expansion of Phantom Liberty? All right. So in the in Phantom Liberty, the paid expansion, uh, we will be getting Dogtown, um, the entirety of, of Dogtown. Uh, part of the interview, I didn't write it down just because it's not that important. Um, 
with the people that don't pay for Dogtown, like it will be able to be seen like on like in game. You can walk up to the entrances of Dogtown, but you cannot get into Dogtown mm. if you do not have the Phantom Liberty expansion. But it'll still be present in game uh, as a thing that is there. Probably always there to tempt you to pay for the expansion, if I had to guess. <laughs> Which totally makes sense. And then it puts it kind of in the game. So that way, even those of us who are getting the 2.0 patch and then later the expansion, we know where we're going to head to. Like, so yeah. it's cool putting it in. Um, brand new storyline and characters, uh, new quests, gigs, boss fights, and more. Vehicle missions and airdrops. Uh, as endless dynamic events, uh, all new relic skill tree and abilities, a hundred plus new items, weapons, cyberware, cars, and fashion, uh, vehicle missile launchers, and the level crap level cap is increased to 60. Oh, those are all the things that I really, really want. I mean, the 2.0 update is definitely going to change the way that you play the game. And then Phantom Liberty is just going to be a whole new way to explore all those changes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so exciting. All right. So we had an interview with a game dev that I adore. Whenever I listen to Gabriel Amatangelo speaking about cyberpunk, you can tell he loves this shit. Like, he absolutely loves cyberpunk, and he is excited for it, and he is ready for it, and he wants people to play it. And he's so, he, like, in all the interviews that you hear him talking about, he talks really, really fast and really, really animated and is really like, yes. And that just makes me even more excited because if somebody else loves it this much, then I think I'm going to love it too. For sure. I felt his excitement. So in a five minute interview that was put up on Twitter, he kind of compressed everything that they talked about in the, it was like an hour and a half long live stream that they did on Twitch. Uh, so we'll go over kind of the key points that were talked about um, in both of those things. The first mm -hmm. one being the reworked systems. They've talked about how they've revamped the police and system changes to bring more life to Night City. And then it was also really interesting the way that those three, like the three things are going to be broken down. And CPD is obviously they are going to stay in Night City. They are the Night City Police Department. Duh. The mm. Bar Heist are the ones who run Dogtown. That is the police force faction in Dogtown, Sparkheist. And then Militech is who is running the Badlands. And I thought that was mm. interesting because I don't think that that had been brought up before in any of the previous stuff. Well, I don't believe so. So, yeah, we have confirmed. If you're in the Badlands and you start acting up, Militech will come down on your ass. We will also have more active gangs and such moving through the, throughout the world or throughout the city. Um, yeah, so it basically was saying that like we should ex we we will be seeing like more like active like just events of like gangs like 
you know, shooting up stuff or like running from the police or whatnot. Just like not even things that may even concern you, just but like just seeing the gangs more at work against like the police and there's just something to kind of like breathe a little bit more more life into the city. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that kind of caught my attention was that the socioeconomic rating of the area you're in is also going to affect police activity. If you are in a poor little rundown part of Night City, well, NCPD might not care as much if you go in and are killing people or your star rating might go down faster in mm. comparison to if you go katanaing people in the middle of Corpo Plaza, it's going to rank you up pretty fast. Yep. So. Um, he also touched on uh, a tiny little bit on the rework skill tree, basically telling, saying that um, the whole goal was to just like open up the perk system to being more like a bit like suited to customizing a play style, um, giving you more, you know, unique things that you can do that like really kind of make your character pop rather than, you know, how it was before with a lot of just like static, like percentage increases on things mm-hmm. like you. And we will uh, going through the actual live stream. We will get, uh, very in depth on a lot of the perks and stuff because uh, they showed us a lot. <laughs> so many. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was definitely. And I'll include the link to um, the Twitch stream. It is still currently available as a VOD on Twitch. I rewatched it again today. Um, Same. So I know I know for a fact that as of recording, it is still available. And I think Twitch normally keeps up. Um, them for at least three months question mark i'm assuming that it'll probably at least be up long enough uh to watch it up until phantom liberty if you wanted to so oh yeah very good point and it's not behind like a paywall or anything either oh, a lot yeah. of like streamers lock it behind like a subscription or whatever you don't need a description you can watch it without like for free yep i had to sit through a couple of ads but it was well worth it <laughs> Uh, Okay, so up next is one that a lot of people were excited for because it was originally planned to be in base game, which is vehicle combat. Pew, 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 pew. Shoot you from my car. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if it was a thing that was confirmed already for this, but it it was the first time I was hearing it in particular, uh, but he did specifically state that like when you're on a motorcycle, you mm. can use melee weapons. Yeah. So like you can go, you can drive around, you can slash tires on vehicles, uh, which, you know, I drove around in a motorcycle, I would say probably like 95% of the time because it's way easier to navigate through night city and traffic in one um and i'm i was playing a melee kill yeah melee build and i probably will be doing it again so um yeah i'm excited about that um they also have the bond style machine gun car 
missile racks and other weapons, including, and then like targeting systems to assist in aiming, but you can also do freestyle aiming. So that way you can aim for those tires and such. I'm so good. Yeah. He was, he was saying that like, uh, yeah. So I guess what I got from that is that whenever you're, um, drive, like if you're driving and using a gun or whatever, there probably is going to be a bit like heavier aim assist, uh, in play so that you can hit enemies uh, easier because you know I I can understand from the like it's that's a lot to juggle shooting as well as driving at the same time and these like high speed so it should help a little bit um, but you know for you really skilled like uh, gamers you can like uh, I don't know if you turn that off like as a setting or if it's just like you can just like move your mouse or mouse or joystick around uh, to like lock off of like targets um, to do that. But yeah, so you can hit tires, you can aim for like uh, special spots on vehicles. There's like uh, weak spots that you can aim for like a gas gas tank or whatever. So uh, I also remember that they talked about hacking while doing it. Um, mm -hmm. You can not only hack the car, if you're a good enough edge runner, you can hack the people driving the car. Could you imagine like yeah. setting off a contagion inside of a car? Nobody's getting out of that thing. Yeah. It's, it's obviously freaking, and you know, luckily it's a bit easier to like, uh, do quick hacks and stuff because you know, that screen like st stops time mm -hmm. to be able to like, or slows time at least. Uh, okay. So he also touched on the plot. And he actually got kind of, he got a little mad with the, with the interview saying that Phantom Liberty was a standalone um, expansion to the game. And he was like, mm, it's not really a standalone because you, it, it integrates into the base game. It, um, you can actually start directly into Phantom Liberty if you already have a character who's at the point where it begins. And so the story is fully integrated and you do get to your missions in the Phantom Liberty expansion aren't only in Dogtown. They said that sometimes you're leaving that area in order to do it. So we're going to get new stuff in the rest of Night City. Mm -hmm. And you will be able to come and go as you please from Dogtown. You, it's not a, it's not a locked in kind of area. You you can still you still have that free roam aspect, um, and it's uh, he stated specifically that it kind of takes place like sort of in the middle of the game. Uh, so, and yeah, it's an it's it's integrated into the main game. I mean, it's still the relic is a big part of it. Johnny's a big part of it, like all of that stuff. So like, this isn't, uh, this is something that you would play before the end of the game, yeah. obviously. So, um, and I don't, I guess maybe, I don't know if fully the interpretation with the way they were saying it, but it sounded like it might be like, uh, yeah. Cause you can, obviously if you have a, a save already and like you've passed like a certain point which we'll talk about when we get to the live stream um you'll be able to just you know that mission will start for you and you'll be able to like bring your character into uh, dogtown from there it kind of made it sound like that you could straight up load a, a save file 
or just start Phantom Liberty without like starting, I guess, a new character or anything. It's similar to like the Witcher expansions. Like if you like you can you can go on like on Witcher 3, you can just be like play blood and wine. Mm-hmm. And it'll load you in with like a bunch of like kind of default equipment that's a leveled for uh that expansion. I don't that's the interpretation I got with the way he like phrased it in particular. Um, but that might just been like a, a communication, like disconnect there. Um, so don't take my word for it, but that might be a possibility. No, that kind of how that's how I interpreted it as well. Um, because he said that you could start a new V that started at phantom Liberty. And so, okay that that's pretty much what I gathered from it as well. Um, yeah. I mean, it tracks, I mean, the Witcher three, like you could start either of those expansions, you know, just start them. Like I said, so, you know, for their track record, it would make sense to be able to do the same. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the information. We've kind of been touching on it the whole time, but uh, like we said, the interview with Gabriel alone was like only like five and a half minutes long. Um, and I'll include the link to that tweet as well in the show description. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way you can watch it as well. But now we'll move on to the live stream where they were able to dive a lot deeper into Phantom Liberty and what's coming up. Yeah. Um, and I would just like to uh, preface that uh, they do show quite a bit of gameplay footage. Um, there was certain bits that I like noticed, like very, like a couple moments that I noticed that I included, but overall for this, um, unless we want this to be a fucking three hour episode, um, we are not deep diving into the actual gameplay that they showed on screen, like picking it apart or anything like the things that stood out to me, I will, I will mention, but for the most part, this was listening to the questions that were asked and Mm -hmm. how the devs. Uh, responded to them, the things that they told us, um, and the only thing, or the main thing I pulled from the gameplay footage was all of the perks and shit that they showed us. Yeah. But the rest of it is kind of like, you know, if you want to go watch it, we like Jen said, she'll link the, uh, the live stream. Yeah, and also, you know, we did get some storyline stuff that started in there. And, uh, I know that once we, you and I are able to get our hands on Phantom Liberty, we're definitely going to start playing it and start talking about it on the show. But I also kind of want to give it a little bit of a buffer, you know, Um, so that way the other people out there who are also experiencing it can take it at a little bit of a slower pace and not get any spoilers through the podcast, you know. Yeah. I would hate to be the one to, well, I mean, if we find out that we were right, we are announcing it the second that we can. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll hop in with the first question that was asked on the, the live stream, uh, which is where in the story do we start Phantom Liberty? Um, and I will also say here, t- like a tiny little bit of a spoiler. Um, they showed it on the live stream, but for this, if you don't want any spoilers at all, like absolutely zero, we will have a few in here from what was shown. Uh, so um, skip ahead. I don't know. Two minutes. <laughs> um, Normally you say 30 seconds, but knowing us is probably two minutes or more. <laughs> that, that is a very valid point. Um, but as far as the answer that was given, uh, it is linked 
um, to the Voodoo Boys storyline, um, which makes sense. We meet the Voodoo Boys through Mr. Hands, and it seems like he's going to have a, a bit of a play into these things. Um, so it will hap- it'll start, or like the the crocking for the mission will happen after the Voodoo Boys quest line. Um, however that goes, you know, in your playthrough. Um, and you will get contacted by Songbird through the relic. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. So she can talk to you through the relic um, and like counts as another like sort of consciousness or entity in the relic because uh, we like we get a little bit of gameplay. We see that apparently having Johnny present and her present causes some chaos with this thing. Um, so much so that it causes her to suppress him yeah, and put him away, which means she can do that. That's some crazy powerful net running bullshit. <laughs> oh, and the fact that the fact that she can see Johnny, she can see Johnny and interact with him. Nobody else can do that, that we're aware of. Yeah. Specifically in the gameplay, she puts her hand on Johnny's shoulder like in your vision and then he like boops away so it's wild uh so that'll be very interesting dynamic um and so she can play with the relic uh to an extent that no one else has been able to um including uh unlocking it which leads us into the relics perk tree yep and we will unspoiler alert here <laughs> and go into how songbird is una- how songbird is able to unlock the full potential um it is really interesting the way that they worked this into it because you know of course when we first saw this we assumed oh well it's another perk tree so you level up and now you get to unlock more perks and no that's not how it works at all you unlock these by perks through data terminals in Dogtown that are unmarked. So you have to go exploring. You have to go looking for it. Now the game will give you little hints and tips and audio clues when you get close, but there's no map. I love and it. The way that they talked about this, it sounds like um, they did put effort into making it where it's not like, a chore um i think they specifically said that like you uh there might be cool like ways that you have to like vault obstacles um or like you know navigate the map to get to them in like exciting ways uh so you know because something like this can feel like a chore you Mm. know like this will be like the kind of thing for people that want to unlock the full potential of the relic and get all of them. Um, like they're going to go exploring the whole thing. And sometimes that can be a lot, especially with Dong Towns as big as I expected to be. Fuck. That's going to be crazy. Um, so yeah, but they, it seems like they've, um, they've tried to put an effort into making it where it feels like exciting and fun and rewarding to get these data terminals rather than a chore. Yeah. Um, so and it's gonna promote you exploring and finding maybe other potential side quests and things like that that you wouldn't have known about we know they love their environmental storytelling and they're gonna tell lots of like stories maybe like side quests or even just like easter eggs and things that like 
you typically wouldn't find without exploring. So like there's a lot of things to this this also helps to promote the exploration aspect um because we know that they like they reward you for it. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh the whole uh idea a concept of the relic buffs though is that they boost cyberware. Um and I think we talked about that um before because we you know on the trailer we were able to get kind of some sneak peeks there. Um but now we get a more in-depth look. Um, so the focus is to boost cyberware, different types of cyberware that you can um, buff with these, you know, certain perks that you get through this. Um, they specifically mentioned that uh, there's one that allows you to basically other people's cyberware shows up as a weak spot on their body and you can target it and cause an EMP burst, like AOE effect on their person. Um, which is super cool. Um, gorilla arm knockback. We saw that in the trailer. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, the mantis blade, like this, like allows you to kind of target in and do like a massive, like cross, like huge distance leap to another target. We saw this as well. Um, and then like the mono wire buffs allow you to, uh, basically, hack people through the mono wire and then continue those hacks onto other targets just by hitting with them. So you can actually engage a hack with the mono wire like officially and then you just have to hit other targets. So you could say uh, pop an incinerate on that, you hack someone, put an incinerate, hit the buddy to the left and right and they, you know, go up in flames as well. So very cool like very flavorful like different buffs that feel like they like they're different they're all like feel so different and like playing to a certain play style um there was also that they talked about that the optical camo stealth re-engage so you could be like use it in like the middle of a group and like go invis and then it kind of like confuses them um and you're able to like maybe like uh move and you know, reposition yourself if you were in a bad spot or something, you know, mm -hmm. more of a tactical kind of thing. Yeah. They were talking about how, like, if maybe you started off a mission and you're like, I'm going to go in this stealthy and then you get caught and then maybe you clear out the area you're in. So you repop invisible. So that way you can continue the mission as a stealth mission, like you had originally planned. Um, so that was really cool. And then I also um, remember that they said, and thank Thank you. Thank you. There are enough data terminals for you to unlock all of the skills. And yes. so that I was like, oh, if I have to pick and choose, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, with the way it is, is the uh, songbird will unlock the uh, I'm assuming that it's the main like uh we will we were going to talk about them because we took screenshots of all of them but it seems like the main like first perk is jailbreak and it seems like she will unlock that perk for you mm -hmm. and then you have to find the data terminals to unlock the other ones yeah. um jen do you want to tell us what jailbreak does Ooh, yes jailbreak it unlocks new abilities for arm cyberware including the mantis blades gorilla arms projectile launch systems and monowire now do you want me to go through each of what the different blades do or the different thing oh never mind 
it's it's the main thing. So it just to um for this one, uh, it looks like there is like a scroll on this perk where you, like you can kind of tab over and it will tell you the different perks for like um you know each arm enhancement. Specifically, this one we just get mantis blades. That's all they showed us. Yep. Dismembering an enemy or performing a finisher with mantis blades will charge the next leap attack. Uh, hold right trigger or whatever keyboard button you're using and release to perform a long range leap attack. A charge leap attack with mantis blades has plus 30 meters longer reach and deals massive damage with a wide slash that hits the target and other nearby enemies. Killing an enemy with this attack also dismembers them. Which, specifically, go back to the start of that perk, when you dismember a target, it procs this ability. But this ability causes dismemberment if you kill them. So you can chain these together to just consistently leap like leap slash dismember leap slash dismember leap slash dismember oh my god an aoe as well because it hits nearby enemies so you can basically if it's maybe if they're tougher enemies and you like dismember one guy you're able to do it to like a different like a different guy away he's got buddies next to him and maybe you know the aoe part is what you needed to soften up the next guy for killing, and you're able to then just chain these all. Oh, that is insane. I might. Yeah. I, I like the Mantis Blades a lot. They're my favorite arm enhancement. I will say with the particular knockback for the Gorilla Arms, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough choice for me. We're going to see, we may play around and just switch them up you know, from time to time, just because what you can do. Mm-hmm. That was another thing that they brought up in there is that it's very easy to switch these things, switch out your perks. As long as you're not in combat, you obviously can't switch it out in the, in the middle of combat, but um, yeah, switching things up. And then also that leads us into uh, the first thing that you get when you download the patch, you get a full reset to your attributes and your perks. Uh, you get it for free the first time that you get logged into the game. And that is great because obviously everything's completely changed. So. Uh, so the next one, the optical shroud one, uh, emergency cloaking. Uh, so it improves your optical camo cyberware, uh, activating optical camo during combat by pressing RB. And we'll just say like, it's going to tell you the keys you need for keyboard. I don't remember off the top of my head which all of these buttons do. So, you know, you'll just have to figure it out if you're on a computer. Uh, this is obviously was done on controller. But pressing RB will cause enemies to lose track of you, giving you a chance to exit combat. So you can, like, fully just turn off combat with this. Uh, note, to use this ability, you must have optical camo equipped to your combat gadget quick slot. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. Obviously, you can't use a perk if you don't have the item equipped. Mm -hmm. I wonder if this is also going to help with uh, NCPD. Like, if I'm if I've got a couple of stars and I'm like trying to get out and not get arrested or straight up murked, maybe popping camo. Yeah, 
I'm going to be very beneficial. Yeah. Uh, we also touched on this one a little bit as well, but vulnerability analytics. During combat, you can now detect vulnerabilities in enemy armor and cyberware. Hitting vulnerabilities gives 100% crit chance. Damn. Decrit. Uh, plus 25% armor penetration and weak spot damage bonuses. Dealing enough damage to, an av- to a vulnerability will cause it to explode, generating an EMP blast that damages enemies within three meters. Yep. So the one that like it does the EMP like thing. Um, and I also like to say, uh, this is, I don't know for sure, but each of these has a little like number on the side and like a blue plus sign. Um, mm. I'm assuming that this is the level of perks you need to have already in order to access these things. So like the ones we talked about specifically, uh, because the first one, it doesn't have this, like the, the jailbreak doesn't have this as we assume it's the initial perk that gets unlocked so you don't need it and then but look at the bottom of that it also says refund so maybe if you don't want to use the better versions of of your armware your arm cyberware you can refund it to do a different perk instead to start it's quite possible um it might be that you also have to pick a specific one whenever you pick this perk and uh that maybe you could refund it and change it out for a different like arm cyberware if you wanted to uh-huh. um you know we'll find out for sure in game but the rest of them have like a little number um some of them have one some of them have three i think that's the only numbers i'm assuming that the ones with one are the ones that immediately branch off of the main perk um so you like just need that one in order to access these and like the three plus ones like vulnerability analytics emergency cloaking like these really big hitting ones like the more potent effect ones uh requires you to at least be a few perks deep in the relic skill tree yeah um so but it's not too expensive so like you know you'll only really have to find i think like three four uh three or four data terminals in order to like maximize a specific thing if you choose mm-hmm. um next we have machine learning uh destroying an enemy's vulnerability grants plus 10% frequency of new vulnerabilities appearing, and plus 5% crit chance against vulnerabilities. Uh, Last 25 seconds, effect and duration can stack five times. Reaching max stacks doubles these effects. I'm assuming this is the one that goes before uh, vulnerability analytics, because it seems like these chain together. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, especially with like the crit damage against the vulnerabilities, you and then you, you get uh, a better chance of analyzing them once you've put some work into machine learning. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, data tunneling, and I think this is the one that like I'm definitely a monowire user, I haven't really used the mantis blades or the gorilla arms that much. When an enemy is affected by a monowire uploaded quick hack, normal monowire attacks which hit that enemy and other enemies simultaneously will spread the quick hack to them. So we've definitely talked about this quite a bit, but this is the actual description of how that works of data tunneling. Hacking people with a wire. 
Yep. Uh, for uh... <laughs> sorry, it brings a whole new meaning to like hack and slash because you slash out with the mono wire. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. Uh, damn, that's pretty good. Um, we have a short and uh, simple one for uh, the projectile launch system. Launch capacity override, which gives one plus one charge. Yep. So, you know, I think, I don't know. I can't remember. I've only used it on one playthrough, and I can't remember, like, uh, I think you I think you can shoot one, like, like rocket, and then it has to, like, cool down. Seems like you can do two, and then it has to cool down. So, yeah, definitely makes it a little bit better. And then if there are an additional ones that you can stack on top of this or, you know, that'd be cool. Or if now you can have them in both arms, launch one rocket, then the other one, then a third, then a fourth. Who knows? Limiter removal. The shockwave from a charged gorilla arms attack now knocks down all enemies within range. Shockwave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's that's going to be so fun. Uh, and then for the last one, we have spatial mapping. Um, and unfortunately, because of the live stream, uh, there was a cutoff from like their little box that showed them talking, like the interviews or whatever. Um, there's a lot of perks that we missed uh, the effects on and stuff. Um, specifically in the relic skill tree, we weren't able to see anything on uh, sensory protocol because it was completely blocked. Uh, we only got the partial of spatial mapping, so it's not the whole perk, but we got um, all leap attacks with mantis blades now cripple enemies and increase dismemberment chance against those same and then it cuts off. Mm. But it just seems like things stack well with like the jailbreak mantis arms. Yeah. So, mantis blades. Oh, it's going to be so much fun to be able to play around with these I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and that brings us, uh, yeah, that brings us into the actual perks and the revamped skill trees that we now have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this for us specifically is going to be going over the perks that they showed. Um, because not a lot was said other than just talking about them in general. Um, like Jin said before, um, you will get a attribute reset upon the update. Um, so for free, you don't have to like, um, you don't have to do anything for this. I think this is the only way that you get like attribute resets though, is whenever they do like big updates. So yeah. like, be careful with your skills or I don't know, save, do a save as you're doing it so that like, if you don't like it, you can, you know, play around with it or something. Or um, don't spend them all right at that first moment. Like it's true. You can hold off on that. Yeah. Um, or, you know, for people, I'm going to be playing a new thing. So like once the updates out, so I won't have to worry about like resetting anything. Uh, but for people that want to start up from a, a pre-established character, you will get this. Um, you'll get a perk reset as well, um, which you will be able to adjust perks whenever you want with the exclusion of combat. Um, so that's pretty cool. Very fluid. You don't have to go buy it. It doesn't seem like you have to go buy a tabula rasa or whatever the heck it was. You can just do whenever refund. I don't know if there's a money cost to it or anything. Unfortunately, they didn't elaborate upon that. Um, I know people are going to be playing around a lot. I 
kind of expect them to have like making a completely free thing to do um, because of how different everything is going to be that people, you know, so people don't have to regret making choices. Mm-hmm. You know, liking. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you want to read the next part. I feel like you're talking to <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the perk trees that now after we have reset our abilities, now we get to go and look at them. Uh, so the different play styles uh, you know they implemented a terminator style tanky machine gun perk um you know and like the it allows like a quake and you gain hp back while doing a slam attack this that's craziness yeah so they they were talking a lot about how like they really wanted to open it up to be more like you like you are developing a very unique play style and then like you can you have the option like combining certain things together in order to like combo things um so you know they talked about this like real like terminator style like machine gun build where you can kind of just like basically walk around like blasting people um, and then they talk very specifically about the quake, yeah, the quake ability. Um, and they said that like things like this, you can find combos between different perks. And the example they gave was, um, which they talked a little bit uh, about cyber psycho or well, I'll say cyber psychosis is not quite cyber psychosis, um, but specifically um, for cyberware. And we'll touch on this now since it's important to this you know discussion they were talking about. Um, you do not lose control of your character if you go above a cyberware limit. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be negative effects in place should you do that. Um, and things that they mentioned um, are that there's, you know, a chance of taking like persistent damage um, while you're over like the the limit, um, or like a lower max HP um, in total. Um, and they talked about like, you know, they can do this and like the tech tree allows you to get higher limits of that, but you mm-hmm. still have to like, you still get these negative effects, but then like, say you combine it with the quake ability, which allows you to siphon HP from everyone you hit in the radius, you know, you're taking all this damage and then you're gaining it back. And so all of a sudden the cyberware isn't as big of a detriment if you're comboing the right abilities. Um, yep which is, you know, really cool to see people like how people are going to play around, find different combinations for these things. I definitely know I'm going to play around with that. Um, But they specifically said as far as like cyberware goes, they really want, like they want everyone to have their own agency with your character and that they're letting uh, more. So the police system be your consequences. Should you decide to play in a way that's like, uh, you know, if you want to go around just killing people, you can definitely do that. But there will be consequences because you have agency of your character and are actively making the decision to do that. And so right. the police system comes into play. Um, and we'll talk more on that um, in the second half of the show. So um, I, they showed a lot of perks. So many perks. Um, the smaller ones I didn't really pay attention to, um, but I did highlight um, as they went through each of the different the six attributes. 
um, ones that I think are either new or unique um, or like will give you like a very specific thing to a play style, um, which I think are pretty cool. So I think we start with intelligence. You're the net runner. Take it away. All right. Overclock. Um, and it says overclock zero of three. So I'm assuming this is a perk that you can put a lot of points into. Oh, and mm-hmm. then it says right there, level one, you get 10% RAM recovery rate. Just great. So basic effect, but you know, useful. Level two is plus 10% quick hack damage, which is very nice. And then this level third level is crazy. Yes, it unlocks overclock mode. And if you have a cyber deck installed, press uh, press two LB buttons. And <laughs> like, it's LB and RB, the, the bumpers on, on an Xbox controller. It's really tiny. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, to activate. In this mode, you can use quick hacks even with insufficient RAM. But each RAM unit over your max costs 10 health instead so you get to pick and choose all right it it has a duration of 14 seconds and a cooldown of 30 seconds uh so you know a short window but i mean you could make a fucking tanky ass monster quick like netrunner and just like blow fucking quick hacks like over and over because 10 health that's nothing that's not a lot (laughs) No. And especially for me, like I have an intelligent body V like that's who I am. Yeah. So, so like that's wild, <laughs> but you know, this would be cool fucking play style. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the only big one. A lot of the other ones are like, you know, the same things we saw with like, you know, using surveillance to like install quick hacks and getting benefits from that or like just increased Ram and, or like, like ram cooldown whatever um that was kind of the only big one um moving on to reflexes um i don't i don't know if this was like a unique one in particular it was one of the big blocks and it seems like it's a kind of a new thing um so uh that it's called dash um it is a two uh two levels at level one you get a minus 20% stamina cost for dodging and dashing. So you know how you have your basic dodge and stuff. So it costs less stamina to do so. Level 2 unlocks the ability to dash. Uh, Press B to perform a dash. Dashing replaces dodging, allowing you to cover more ground and automatically vault over low obstacles. Mm. So you can kind of like just close distance up with enemies. And I think we saw a little bit in the gameplay because they showed like uh, like a big, like a lot of fighting. And it seemed like there was like, yeah, you kind of like just do like a charge forward um, at enemies and it does cover a lot of space. And like, I'm wondering in my brain, right? I'm over here. Like, how does this combine with like the fucking Mantis Blades like distance thing? Like you could just turn into just like I mean, it's not teleporting, but you might as well be maybe at this point. Like, who right? knows? Your yeah. next character is going to be named Nightcrawler. <laughs> exactly. It's fucking crazy. Ooh, okay. Up next, you have a perk called Slaughterhouse. 
It only affects Blade. That's definitely a reference to Adam Smasher. Oh, yeah. Because he always said that, right? Like, no one leaves the slaughterhouse. Yes. So. No one leaves the slaughterhouse. All attacks, counterattacks, and deflected bullets apply bleeding, which also increases dismemberment chance. <sighs> and again, yeah. you hit the mantis blades with dismemberment, you get the perk stacky, perk stacky. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> it does it does only affect blades. I don't know if mantis blades is considered in that for this perk. We'll find out. Yeah. I imagine it probably is, but we'll see. Uh, bleeding cannot kill enemies, but does make them more susceptible to finishers. The finisher of which the Mantis Blade requires. So, plus 25 stamina from dismemberments. And you need the stamina yeah. to make the jumps. And, oh my god, yeah. they've made yeah. this they, so These beautiful. things combo so pretty. You could be a monster. And I'm so excited. Um, so, speaking of finishers... We have Finisher Blade Runner. Uh, there's three levels to it, and obviously you know what a, that's a reference to. Um, it specifically only affects blades. So level one, minus 15% stamina cost for attacks of blades. Nice. Level two, plus 20% attack speed with blades. Very nice. Um, level three, unlocks a blade finisher. Press X when an enemy's health is low. Restores 25% health. So now you get a vampire blade. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to steal your life force. Basically. And that's kind of the big ones for, um, for reflexes. I, I can't remember specifically if they maybe one showed up and it was behind the screen or not. I'm fairly certain there is one in here for the deflecting bullets. Mm -hmm. Um, they I didn't I didn't see it or like maybe I missed it. So moving <clears throat> on to our tech abilities, Jin, would you like to read this wonderful first one? Oh, of course I will always talk edge runner. It's amazing. All right. Edge runner allows you to exceed your cyberware capacity by up to 50 points at the cost of negative 0.5% max health per point. So this is where we really start to get into the interesting calibrate calculation of cyberware to your health to like those um they call they didn't call it cyberpsychosis they said it was they they used a very different key phrase in there know, it was like there frenzy was or fury fury Don't yeah i think fury yeah okay so that's where you start to bump up against that yeah. And course. obviously, like this here specifically, like if you decide to exceed your whole 50 points at this perk, um, you get, oh, it's fear. It's right here. It's oh. right in the perk. Our <laughs> fucking dumbasses. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, that's minus 25%. Like this is a percent. So that's minus 25% max health, which is a lot mm. when you think about it. But. Yeah. Uh, when you neutralize an enemy during combat, there is a 0.1% chance for each point you're over capacity that you will enter a fury state. In this state, you gain 10% damage, 30% crit chance, and 50% crit damage. 
and it lasts for 12 seconds. Yeah. And we saw a really good like example of this, like, cause they had this ability in on the, the person that was playing and I will like, yeah, I don't, I can't remember whose name. I think they said their name, but the, the individuals who the gameplay we were seeing was very good at the game because we saw them straight scrapping with max tech for like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. I think even Gabe said that like, whoever's playing this game is really good at this. They're holding their own. <laughs> I think they said they're showing off <laughs> specifically. So <laughs> Gabe knew who it was. It was giving him shit. Um, but yeah, and I believe that because um, I just screenshot the actual box, I believe this is the one that is David's. Yeah. Like the one where it's David's jacket or whatever. This is his perk. Um, so and some of these are a bit more minor, but I want to include them because the cyberware buffing stuff is very different, obviously. It's like a whole different, unique kind of thing. Like place, uh, like system to what we're used to, um, and this is all under the tech tree again. Uh, so we have license to Chrome, the three three level perk, um, level one plus ten percent to all Cyberware stat modifiers. Um, I'm assuming different ones to give you like stat bonuses, armor, whatever. Like that's nice. Uh, level two plus forty armor, um, so significant boost there. Level three unlocks a new Cyberware slot. For the skeleton, all skeleton cyberware have boosted stats. So I don't know what the regular, I think it's three. Um, and I can't remember which perks exactly are in the skeleton set. It might be one. It might be one of the one slot, but like I'm assuming these are pretty potent. Yeah. And like to have a, a whole other slot is crazy. So I can't remember which ones. We'll find out. Um, in my head, I picture crazy. there's like a rib cage. Oh, and like, mm -hmm. but uh, I can't remember anything else about it right now. I'm trying to remember, like, is the, he's like, no, that's part of the circulatory system. I was just thinking like the pain editors or like the resuscitation, but I think those are like circulatory. Yeah. I can't remember, but I think there's like things that make your like you more durable in the skeleton actually that's what's coming to mind like yeah durability stuff, durability so, stuff makes uh which the cyberware buffing would definitely make you like more tanky mm -hmm. that's kind of because of added armor and stuff uh up next is all things cyber a two level perk where level one gets you plus one to all cyberware stat modifiers and then level two is a minus 20% cyberware capacity cost for cyberware in the integumentary. In Thank you. <laughs> and skeleton. Yeah. Uh, so it makes your, makes your stuff cheaper or doesn't have as, as potent. Um, and yeah, actually just to touch on the, the park thing or whatever, uh, this one in particular, it says refund. Like you press Y to refund. It doesn't look, there's a cost associated. So I think you can just buy and refund parks at will. It's unless you're in combat specifically. So you yeah. I'm wondering so. if there's also a difference between. So, Oh, it looks like the blue outline is something that they have spent points in. And then the red ones, maybe they haven't spent any points in yet. So that refund button isn't there. 
Yeah, so the ones that I'm seeing, particularly like the outline, yeah, it shows up that way. But it also, like, if you look at it, it says like zero out of three on license of Chrome, yeah. but all things cyber is two out of two. So they've, they've bought all things cyber. Yeah. So it's probably, yeah, they, for this in particular, you're able to like refund those things. Um, or that's just the build that they had. Um, so the last one, uh, it's another one that's uh, partially cut off. Um, but I was like, this, this seems like it's pretty strong. So we have ticking time bomb, uh, charges a powerful EMP that hits nearby enemies after three seconds, whenever you activate operating system cyberware. Uh, and it specifically gives like, you can see berserk as a thing and then like goes away. I think for operating system cyberware, that's either where you put your cyber deck or you put the berserk, um, Sandevistan, Karenzikov, like those types of cyberware uh, are the operating system. So it seems like whenever you just activate those things, it's going to do an EMP burst mm -hmm. as well. So you can kind of like, you know, and it's after three seconds, so you can kind of like balance it out, like, you know, maybe pop your Sandevistan and then use the speed boost to like get in the middle of a bunch of enemies, EMP, and then just start hacking and slashing. Yeah. Or hacking and slashing. <laughs> exactly. Slashing and hacking. Yeah, so, and, but that's it for tech as far as the real, like, the ones we saw are the unique ones. Yeah, let's switch to cool. Moving, I know that moving, cool. I, I like cool. Cool was my favorite, like, thing. Like, the cold-blooded shit was crazy. Take us away with Pounce, Jin. Pounce, okay. Oh, that is a grisly-looking little picture. You're straight-up stabbing somebody in the throat. Okay, mm -hmm. um, Pounce. Only affects throwable weapons. Allows you to perform finishers from a greater distance if you've hit the enemy with a throwable weapon. Each successful throw also makes them more susceptible to finishers. To perform a finisher, press X when an enemy's health is low. Jumpy, jumpy, bouncy, bouncy. So nothing too like complicated there. But this one is particularly strong. We have style over substance. Fuck yeah, baby. Um, also, only affects throwable weapons. But we get... Oh, okay. No, this is kind of crazy, actually. We get guaranteed crit hits with throwable weapons when crouch, sprinting, sliding, dodging, or dashing. Ooh. Okay. So you do anything, you land a hit, it's a critical. It doesn't even matter where. You land a hit it's a critical and there is no movement speed penalty when aiming a throwable weapon. So like normally you like, we, you could, you know, walk and it slowed you down. Doesn't do that anymore. Mm. Which I think the throwable weapons ever since they like made it to where you like recover your weapon, like your knives rather than having to like spin them and never getting them back or whatever. Right. Is really fun. It's just fun, unique play style to be able to do this shit. And now, like, I'm just imagining, like, just fucking, like, flying through the air, just like. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, especially with the, I mean, pouncing and dashing and dodging. And um, I believe that there's there was a new leg implement, too, where you get to Superman a little bit better, where you float and dash. And stuff like that. Um, yeah, no, you really could be somebody who just flies around throwing daggers into your forehead. Yeah, and then, like, 
you just use it. You just do this, all this crazy, and you think you hit finishers, like so. Uh, it's this crazy. It's just wild. It's so good. It's gonna be amazing. Like, the thing is, right, and like we we talk about, we're saying it's so good. I'm repeating myself a whole fuck ton or whatever. But the thing is, like. When I say this stuff is so good, I'm specifically talking about because everything, every time I'm looking at one of these perk sets, my brain is coming up with like, like imagining, like, like cinematic looking ass, like gameplay level stuff in my head mm -hmm. where I'm seeing all these perks in effect and how they look like as if they're in a fucking movie trailer. Yeah. Like, I mean, we saw how wild it was with the trailer, like whenever the like V like jumped off the bike and came flying in with like a ground pad. Like, like I'm seeing that like the way their gameplay is, and I'm seeing the different perks and effect and how they're playing out. And so like that's what makes these so good is that like they're they're evoking imagery. Like that's just that's just so nice. So and you know, I apologize for repeating myself, but. No, I think it's completely valid because it's also not only is it making these images pop up in your head, it's bringing in like, a oh, okay, I could play a V with this style and go down this path, you know, like, maybe you do have a slicked backed Corpo V who is along the cool lines or you have you know, like a rough and tumble street kid who's going all body like I grew up a brawler, baby. You know, and so you get to play all these stories out. Yeah, this is kind of like, and, and it's also like just, yeah, I'm thinking of like the different combinations and things already, um, which I'm excited for. And it's like giving me that same feeling of like whenever I like super dive into deep to D and D and find like the most busted, like subclass combinations or whatever. And Jin's familiar enough with me to know that I do that a lot. Yeah. Usually am pretty damn successful at it. <laughs> Fuck. I did that in mass effect D and D and I've never even played the fucking game. I know <laughs> you're, you're broken ass. Of sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So, <sighs> yeah, um, God, I am, I am, I am very, very excited for all these changes. Um, and especially because it's like, and like I've said the whole time, you know, I play an intelligent body V. So the body perks that we have, I'm kind of really excited about this quake ability. So mm -hmm. now the quake only affects blunt weapons. <laughs> so in the trailer, we see V holding that hammer and that Apparently hammer. That's a very popular hammer. Cause that one, so it wasn't Gabriel. I can't remember the name of the other developer that was like sitting in with him, but he was talking about how good that hammer was mm -hmm. that favorite weapon in the DLC. So that shit must be fucking crazy. Right. And then, I mean, my favorite blunt weapon is the one that you get from an encounter with Meredith Stout. So I can't wait to run around quaking everything with my specialized oh, attack. Of course. I mean, I, to be fair, that, yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that. Fuck. That's <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, I, so my thing, right, is my question is here because I always thought it was strange and I don't know if it's like, because it doesn't come up very often, but there's a tomahawk. 
Oh. And apparently the tomahawk is registered as a blunt weapon. <laughs> I don't know if they changed it in like recent updates, but I specifically remember when I bought it and I was like going to use it. And then it was like, no, this is a blunt weapon. It's not a blade. So I wasn't able to use it with like my perk set. I'm just like how goofy that might look to like jump into battle and ground pound the fucking tomahawk. <laughs> Damn. It's only slightly less hilarious than uh, ground pounding with a dildo. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, so the Quake perk only affects blunt weapons. Uh, it is a three-level perk. At level one, it is a minus 20% stamina cost for attacks with blunt weapons. Cool, cool. That seems pretty standard for all of these. At level one is a uh, it's, it's the same as the, um, the other blade ability, these first two levels. Mm -hmm. Level two plus 20% attack speed with blunt weapons. Great. Level three, plus press Q. So obviously this one was taken on a computer. <laughs> I don't think Q is on a PlayStation controller. Yeah, they, they did change. They showed the some of the perks um, and then they kind of cut away to like regular gameplay and then they cut back later. Mm -hmm. um, and the body specifically wasn't in the first round, but they brought it back here. So, All right. so it seems like we switched to computer. Uh, press Q to violently slam the ground, damaging and staggering nearby enemies with a chance of knockdown. And knockdown is capitalized, so I think that's also going to be a skill trigger word as well. Probably. Uh, Quake can also be performed from mid-air, a superhero landing. Fuck yeah. That's all. That's all you want in a game. Yes. Let me superhero landing. I'm Deadpool, baby. I'm yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, cooldown of only ten seconds, which These is pretty often. Yeah, that's really short. Yeah, and I'm guessing the the siphoning HP thing is a different perk that's maybe like an offshoot of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember he's specifically saying that there was a way to do that. So, um, the next thing we have adrenaline rush. Um, this is another three level perk, uh, level one plus 35 max health. So just small little health boost, uh, level two plus 20% health region bonus to all health region effects from all sources. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. It's you, there's cyberware that does this thing. And also like, if you go down that route, you can boost to those cyberwares as well. And so, like, you could get a cyberware, like, the tech ability boost to those certain things, and then you could get this, and does this proc after the tech enhancement? Mm. So, like, like, how does that work? Like, you know, can you be regening health at, like, 300% if you combine these things right to where you're just unkillable as fuck? Like, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and level three unlocks adrenaline rush mode. In addition to their base effects, blood pumps, cyberware, and health items now also give adrenaline equal to 30% max health up to a max of 50% max health. Adrenaline is indicated by a yellow bar and acts like extra health by absorbing damage. So like overshields? Yeah. <clears throat> adrenaline rush remains active as long as you have adrenaline available but it decays over time and is removed with damage. Yeah. This, that's and definitely so, going to be interesting. 
Yeah, and this is specifically linked to blood, the blood pump uh, and health items. So it's not a cooldown specific to um, the ability. It's specific to these things, which like also like there's a fuck ton of air hypos. You can just like, like the thing is, right, is like, yeah, the really good air hypos are more rare. But you have the basic ones and you find like a million fucking basic ones and they may not do a lot of health, but they don't have to with an ability like this. Right. So and this is based off of those. So you could just pump like a gray rarity air hypo to get like a tiny bit of health, but it's going to give you this. Yeah. And I mean, on top of that, you get an additional 20% on that because all health. Re Ooh, this is also going to affect drinking water and eating food. So having that perk going constantly of being well hydrated and fed. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is a fucking powerful ability just because you can keep it going. Yeah. Like you can basically, if you run out, you can immediately get it again. Yep. So. And okay. uh, for our final perk that we will be talking about. The finisher move of a savage sling. It unlocks a blunt weapon finisher. Press F when an enemy's health is low. And if he's enemies affected by stun are more susceptible. Restores health. 20% stack that Which is with unnecessary, <laughs> but still stack that with the health regen bonus and the adrenaline brush bonuses. Oh my God. Okay. You can make some tanky shit. Yep. Hold F to throw the enemy instead, <laughs> killing them and damaging other enemies where they land. Oh, I am going to be yeeting bitches all over the place. <laughs> yeah, and I'm assuming that you can kind of like build out stun more like with this, like the particular, this branch of the skill tree. So like comboing that, like, you know, if you're being able to like more accurately stun people, then you can do this to them like with higher health percentages. Um, so like, and it instantly kills them. So, like, I don't know what the threshold on that is, but, like, the possibility if you, like, uh, you might be able to, like, hit someone that has, like, 40% health left if you stun them or whatever, and then just instantly kill them with this. Well, it does say that in order oh. to activate the to activate the finisher move, their health has to be low. You can't just pick up a 40% person and throw them. They do have to be low to begin with. Well, I'm specifically talking because it says when an enemy's health is low, but then it says enemies affected by stun are more susceptible, which leads me to believe that oh. they can have a higher health. If they're stunned, you can still do it. So that's, that's why like, I'm wondering how that stun plays in, like how, what the difference is there. You know, like, is it like when they're at 10% health and like it bumps you to 15, in which case it's like, okay, you know, it's all right. You saved you a few hits. Um, or like, can it get higher and you can like take out some uh, an enemy with a significant amount of health still. And what can you use this on particularly is my other thing, because like 
if I could walk up to a fucking NCPD like fucking like drone thing, like you know the big like drones that they were, oh. can I pick this some bitch up and throw it? Ooh, because that would be goofy and badass. I I will test this out as soon as I can, specifically for you. I will I will see if I can throw one of those huge ass mechs. I wait. I hope. Please. Please allow us to do this. Um, geez, Toasty. We've already been recording for over an hour. Because <laughs> um, normally this is the part in the script where we would go to the mid-break. But I think there was so much information in this live stream that we split it out into two episodes. And go over the rest of the actual like Phantom Liberty storyline plot stuff next week the characters and whatnot yeah i think that is a plan all right so um yeah i guess instead of a mid-break we'll do an end of the show shout out and wrap it up here all right okay now um we didn't have any new patrons this week, um, but Patreon did some funky stuff over the last few months. Um, like a lot of people's credit cards got flagged as fraudulent and a lot of people like three people dropped off of the girls, a bunch of people dropped off of Mass Effect. There was a whole big like my own damn credit card decline saying that it was fraudulent charges and so I had to re-sign back up on a lot of different shows. So I'm going to shout out everybody who is currently and active on the Cyberpunk Lorecast Patreon. All 11 of you, because you are amazing. Turbo Toboggan, Remington Coultier, Trevor, Robert, Jacob, Slated7, The Ugly One, Ninja, Ghost2501, Director, Lord Ark, and Ugg. Thank you all, amazing patrons, uh, for helping to support the show. And if you didn't hear your name, but you thought you were a patron, go ahead and log on to your Patreon account and double check that your uh, credit card wasn't listed as fraud like mine was. And we don't have any new reviews to read out this week either. And if you play the Cyberpunk TTRPG and you do leave a review, your DM owes you 10 IP per Jade Gray. We don't make the rules, but he literally does. So go cash him in. <laughs> you can also support the show by heading to fanrolldice.com, F-A-N-R-O-L-L-D-I-C-E.com, and code stack C-P-L-C, Cyberpunk Lorecast. With the code Almighty C ten A L L M I G H T Y C one zero and get twenty percent off of your entire order, which is amazing. High quality dice, I love them. Go support them. Support us as well. Oh, it feels like it's been a minute since I've done a mid break. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have so. <laughs> Okay, so we inst I mean we're gonna wrap up the show right now after what is normally our mid break. Uh 
If you want to hear more from me, you can find me on the Two Girls, One Ship podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And yeah, Toasty, where can the people find you? Uh, I haven't recorded an episode of The Witcher Lorecast in, I don't know, uh, it'll it'll be two weeks. It, well, no, it'll be two weeks on Monday just because... I didn't record one last week because um, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck uh, I'm doing. Uh, but for when we uh, do eventually come back in whatever fashion that may be, uh, you can check out the Witcher Lorecast. So we talk all things Witcher um, as well as the Cyberpunk Red Live Play podcast, Cyberpunked, Cyberpunk apostrophe D uh, that I do with the Fumbling for and Almighty Crit Gang. And of course, at the end of the show, we also shout out Miracle of Sound for allowing his music to be played. We use clips from the Neon Red instrumental remix Synthwave Synthwave Cyberpunk music. Uh, go check Gav and Miracle of Sound out. And while you're out there, stay safe in Dogtown. Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful. Here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.